I'm Amy, sex educator, sex and relationship coach, and sex shop owner. And I'm April, VP of an international high-end pleasure products company and boss queen sex toy mogul. We're best friends who make our own rules about who we are as sexual beings. With everything from how to be a badass in the bedroom to top tips for bringing your relationship to the next level, we have something just for you. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com. Well, hello, everyone. Hey, everybody. Is that a chip? Chop. Chip into the chip and a chip, chip, chop. You don't stop. That was my sexy voice. Rock into the... Oh, I totally ignored it with my chip chops on. I know, but I was did excited you, about it. Did you all know that... Have you probably heard April and I call each other chip? Do you all know the origin story of chip? It's from Talladega Nights. Yes, from Talladega Nights, but you and I, I brought you to your very first sex toy trade show in Las Vegas. Oh, yes. That was in 2008? Nine, probably. Well, I moved, it was before I went to Asia. Yeah, it was was September of 2008. Okay, yes, so I brought you there, and we spent four days in Vegas. How do we do it? For like four nights in Vegas. We took a night in one night. We did. We actually just had a night I showed a whole table of people my pasties. Yeah, you did from the uh, distributor who we ordered the pasties from. And we had lots of fun, and we went out to dinner, and we spent, we were just together 24-7, and you somehow said chip, and then you were saying chip already. I was like, Chip, threw Chip's war medals off the bridge. (laughs) And then I started calling you Chip, and then we started chipping out. Then you were Chip, then I was Chip, and then I came home, and I called everyone uh, a sushi restaurant I worked at. I called them Chip, then they all started calling me Chip. And then all my group of friends, I said Chip, and then we made Chip names, like different types of Chip. Like there's potato Chip and bagel Chip and apple Chip, and there's so many Chips. Chips Ahoy. Tortilla Chip. Tortilla Chip. Mm -hmm. I was OG Chip. And then, But then people would see hear me call you chip and they're like okay wait who's chip are you chip or is she chip and so it's you're the og chip the you're OG. chip and i'm the dip and yeah. you put your chip in my dip there you go so now you all know the origin story of chip i know and i'm getting a dog and i really i really kind of contemplated calling him chip but then i was like i don't know if i could do it i like the other, uh nigel nigel yeah <laughs> my partner wants me to call him honcho no Nigel. He's, Nigel sounds so intelligent. Like I want you. Hello, my name like is Nigel. Small, wiry, brilliant Nigel dog. I know. Or just or Chip. You're still gonna. What about Chip. Kevin? Mm, I'm set on Nigel now. That you brought. All Nigel right. Up. I just thought of that while I was using your Lou. My Lou. <laughs> <laughs> Toodaloo. Toodaloo. So everyone, don't worry. This podcast is about sex. Um, <laughs> We have a wonderful speaker here. Oh, and wait. Can we tell our listeners the super exciting news today? Oh, because we, we got a, a shipment of wine? Yeah, we just picked up some wine oh. from Margins Wine. Check out marginswine.com. Sign up for the newsletter because they are already sold out of wine, this this new release. But you can get on the next release. Yum, yum, yum. I can't wait. Uh, if you are in California, April and I are teaching a workshop, a workshop down in Grover Beach, California. Isn't that near San Luis Obispo? Yes, it's near San Luis Obispo. It's um, about three hours south of Santa Cruz, three and a half yes. hours. Grover, yeah. So Grover Beach, if you're, yeah, I think they said that it's close. It's between San Luis Obispo Can and... Can we plan a wine tasting while we go down there at, in Ooh. like Paso Robles or something? Yeah. 
let's do it. Let's that. make it a date. It is on June Friday, 28th. June 28th. <laughs> yes, Friday, June 28th in the evening. Uh, we're teaching at Diamond Adult Store or D- Diamond Adult World, and it is in Grover Beach. They have multiple locations, and specifically the Grover Beach location. We're teaching uh, oral sex oral for everyone. For so this means Ooh. you get to learn about how to please pussies, how to please penises, and all the in-betweens orally. Um, and it is a lecture style, but we're oral. practicing on our hands, so no, you're not going to be sucking cack in the class. We might it's have some bananas involved as well yeah maybe some bananas some nanners well, what about some yucca mm, is that a potato <laughs> no it's is a potato's it? cousin yucca we're not practicing on any oh vegetables. i'm thinking about plantains oh no yeah, we're, <laughs> <laughs> we're not so to learn more you want to to learn with us in person this is 2019 by the way please go to diamondadult.com and you can learn more they have a little tab for uh sales uh, events and education and hopefully the workshop will be on there it's actually know. it's going to be Twenty-five dollars, and they're giving you a gift card for twenty at the Is door. That for sure? That's for sure. Okay, and if it's not, they changed it. Still come. <laughs> Still come. It's actually a great deal. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to come learn with us, please, please come to that. We would love to see you. Um, I have one special thing I want to share, Chip. Chip, you have something special. Well, so <clears throat> about my pussy. I'd like oh, to share with you okay. all a little story about my pussy. There was once a pussy named Amy, and <laughs> <laughs> it went meow, 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 meow. But then in 2017, it started to go. Oh no! Mm-hmm. Is a sad Sometimes pussy. Sometimes it didn't even say anything. It was like. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it was. It was a quiet pussy. Pussy got turned down. It's turned a sad pussy. Yeah, and so there's been this journey that I've been on. The if you're a regular listener for me. Uh, learning more about tapping deeper into my body and to work through some old trauma and things like that. Um, and we just did a wonderful podcast on vulva mapping recently, and which inspired me to go and do more sexological body work sessions. That's a hands-on um, edu- educational session. It's for learning and for healing with someone who is trained in the anatomy and specifically in erotic touch for learning and healing. And so I actually went to the Bay Area and I'm doing at least three sessions minimum with someone named River who is wonderful. I did a 90 minutes minute session with River and I learned so much and I left there feeling so alive. It was profound. I went there feeling kind of just turned down or turned off. Talked a lot. I had sent in an intake form and talked a lot about what's going on in my body, the, where the disconnect started, this but constant rebuilding of connect, reconnecting. And then we did this session and they guided me through something called the bossy massage, which I won't go into de- much detail, but I essentially got to specify that when I got the touch and how I got the touch. Mm. And it was, again, to feel, to notice what the sensations were happening in my body, where I had sensation, where I didn't. And I saw the most interesting thing they would have their finger just on one part of my body and hold it there, their finger, and not even move it. And I would feel sensation, like, you know, let's say the finger was on the base of my vaginal opening. Um, this is specifically, I, I did a, this vulva mapping session with them. Within, I was like, okay, I, I feel a little sensation. Whoa, all of a sudden I feel the inside of my vaginal canal pulsating. Whoa, I feel like my G-spot is filling up with fluid as if I'm going to ejaculate. I didn't, but I, like I, and then, so, and then, okay, now I can feel the upper left-hand side of, of my clit. 
but the finger was on the base of my vaginal And this is opening. only just from a little pressure and different pressure points? Yeah, from a That they were applying with their fingers, yes. the practitioner. Yes, and okay. this is a buildup. They didn't just like, okay, lay on the table, I'm going to touch your pussy. It was such a buildup of me, of, of the c- building the safety container, the consent container, starting with other types of touch before going to the vulva. But I saw how much pleasure and sensation is in my body, but I am blocking myself from seeing it. Hmm. By constantly feeling like I need to do something, like I need to get somewhere, and I know all the heady tools of how to slow down and be mindful. I'm doing that shit. I'm still getting in my own way from those subtle sensations and the slowness and stillness. So I wanted to share this with you because I left there super excited to keep doing this work. Um, And River does work with people in person if you are in the Bay Area as well as online. They do scar tissue remediation. They're a somatic sex educator. They do tension and trauma release. So that's uh, TRE release exercises for folks who have trauma in their body. They're a pleasure activist. They're a certified somatic sex educator. They're an amazing human. Um, I highly recommend if you're someone who is feeling like you have trauma or you're numbed out or are having a hard time connecting to your bodies, um, please go and check this out. Uh, You can find out more information at riverdrosera.life. That's R-I-V-E-R-D-R-O-S-E-R-A dot L-I-F-E. You can do it from anywhere in the world because they work online. Um, Although the hands-on part I'm talking about, that needs to be in person. Um, Just so you know, they uh, do not work with cis men, meaning you were born with uh, a penis and uh, they told you that you were a man or a boy and you still identify as that today. They do not um, do this type of work. They'll do sex coaching with you online, but they don't do hands-on work um, with cis men, but they actually also work with a lot of queer folks and trans folks mm. and cis women. Um, so I highly recommend it. Please go check it out if you're someone who's feeling stuck, lost, disconnected. Game changer for me. And That's I'll keep exciting. You, and I'll I keep love you updated. that. I'm super excited. There's been a lot of sex bod um, folks. Like This has been coming more into my peripheral than ever before, and I'm going to go s- have a session with Dolly, which yeah. I've never had any kind of work like that done before. Yeah. I mean, you've had more experience, yeah. and so... I'm excited slash nervous to share my experience with the, the the world of our podcast listeners after it happens because I know there's a lot of folks out there. Yeah. I'm assuming the majority that are uh, don't know how comfortable they would be with that. So I'm I'm here for you. I will share my experience as well. But it sounds like it's going to be pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. We'll continue to share our journeys with you, and not because we're trying to brag, but but because we're wanting to let you know that this is available and and that. A lot of folks feel lost and stuck. I think for this topic of this podcast, we're talking about sexless marriages. I think for a lot of those folks who feel like their desire has turned down or turned off, having a hands-on person or at least a somatic sex and relationship coach who can guide you so you don't feel so lost. Right. You don't feel alone. And they're a professional. They're yeah. not in there it's not for with their a goal oriented yeah. situation. So they don't they only touch you for they keep their clothes on, you never touch th- it's not about them at all. It's very safe. And, and speaking of touching oneself, well, that wasn't what we were speaking of, but now we are. Uh, what about our Instagram campaign? If it's you're not following right now, it is. And if you're not following us on Instagram, please do so. We've got some really great posts. We're at Shameless Sex Podcast on Instagram and check it out. We're doing a 30 ba- 30 day masturbation mm-hmm. campaign. Yep. And it's all about self-pleasure. And people who, if you're just going to check it out right now, uh, we've already, every everyone who is in it has already applied. But you can still kind of join by just yeah. creating your own practice, even if it's not for the full 30-day challenge. But go check us out. It's um, a wonderful way to celebrate and, and develop 
your own self-pleasure. And with that, uh, Uberlube is actually one of the sponsors of that. They're donating some prizes. Um, if y'all don't know about Uberlube, when it comes to touching genitals, you know, your genitals are a mucous membrane. So taking your hand or a sex toy or anything to your genitals without lubrication does not feel good because mucous membranes, they love them some lubrication. And there's a lot of shitty lubricants out there. There's a lot of lubricants that feel sticky and ooh. Uberlube is amazing. People try and they say, holy shit, I did not know lubricant could be this good. This is lube is what they say. They're like, what? I want this all over my body. It stays silky. It never gets sticky. It has no flavor. It has no scent. It's something that you want all over your body. The bottle itself is beautiful. Really, if you haven't... Glass bottle. Glass bottle that you leave on your nightstand. It doesn't scream big, scary lube bottle. And it actually moisturizes your skin, especially if you're experiencing dryness. Oh, and for those super sensitive folks, you know, if you have had a rash from other lubes, it's less likely to happen with with Uber Lube because it doesn't have a whole bunch of nasty ingredients. So go check it out. Go to uberlube.com and our listeners get 10% off and free shipping with coupon code SHAMELESSSEX in all caps. Uh, So that's uberlube.com. You definitely want to check it out. And this is actually airing right after Mother's Day. So I'll just say happy late Mother's Day. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a mom. You're not a mom. Nope. I'm, a d- I'm like a I step might be mom. a mom to Nigel soon. Nigel! Can, Nigel! Can I be the godmama? Yeah, sure. Sweet. The, you mean the doggy godmother? I'll be the, be the godmother. Oh, I know. Be the, yeah. Because now, Monty. Well, I'm still step mommy to Monty. Okay. Um, because well, that's good that you didn't lose custody. No, I didn't. I mean, I do lose custody. I mean, I don't. I could ask to have Monty for a day or two, so I don't get too much Monty. But yeah, my well, the good news is we're gonna have a new mascot. Ah, not that Monty's Nigel. replaced. I'll get a little dog bed for yeah. Nigel. Yeah, Nigel. I'm super excited. All right, everyone, are you ready to hear the bio? It's time, Chip. Are you ready? I can't wait. Actually, this person was awesome to yes. interview. She I was filled with such. Yes, I do. Jeanne. What wow, about her last name? Uh, Pele. Pellet. Yeah. I said I just kind Pellet. of did it. <laughs> Pellet. Like, no matter what, it'll work. <laughs> All right, everyone. So in a spe- her name actually, her first name starts with an X. So that's why it's confusing. Janae Pellet, best-selling author of the new book, Living an Orgasmic Life, is a recovered New York City healthcare lawyer who lived in a sexless marriage for over two decades. After experiencing her own sexual healing and awakening in 2011, she transitioned her career into a full-time sex and intimacy educator and coach. She believes that pleasure is our birthright and is passionate about helping folks find their way into their bodies, back into their bodies, their desires, and their pleasure. She works with couples who are in sexless marriages and women and men who have experienced abuse and trauma. She helps them heal their wounds, release their shame, and reconnect with their desire and sexuality. And she offers one-on-one coaching and online group programs to empower women around their sexuality and strengthen couples' relationship and intimacy skills. To learn more, visit powerofpleasure.com. Ready here. I can't wait. Go. All right, everyone. It's episode time. Uh, So funny. I took Somatica with Janae and just realized that we never worked together, meaning in Somatica, we do all these exercises where they will tell you, give you maybe half an hour lecture. And now they're say for an hour, go practice this thing that we just taught you in a room of 60 people. And somehow Janae and I never got to practice these things on each other's bodies. What, what a loss. Now here we are virtually <laughs> working together <laughs> in a different way. 
Um, so I obviously do know Jone a little bit, and I'm really looking forward to getting to know you more. Um, this topic is super interesting to me and a lot of our listeners because a lot of our listeners are in long-term relationships, long-term marriages, or maybe they plan on being one, or maybe they don't ever want to be in one again because, <laughs> because of this topic. I don't know. <laughs> so I'm really happy to have you here on the show. Welcome, Jeanne. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. And uh, I, I love talking about sexless marriages. So <laughs> perfect Not, topic. Well, yeah, I'm, that's what I guess I'll ask you the first question. Like, why do you love talking about sexless marriages? I'm assuming there is a part of your own personal journey. So what got you to the place where you are today? Yeah, so I was in a sexless marriage for, um, don't laugh, but uh, 26 years. We, we signed our separation agreement on our, what would have been our 26th anniversary, mm-hmm. wedding anniversary. I did that purposely. Sexless from day one or sexless from? No, sexless from maybe year six, seven, something like that. Zero sex? What is sexless? No, actually in my marriage, that was mostly the case, but you know, the way we define a sexless marriage is you're having sex less than 10 times a year. I don't know who puts up that definition. Maybe it's like asect, but that's the definition of sexless marriage. Less than once a month. Less than once a month, right? Exactly. But we were definitely having sex a lot less than one once a month um but you know the 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 genesis of the sexless marriage was that sex has always been really painful for me and um i realized way 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 later in my life that it was related to uh some experiences i had around sexual shame as a child that made me start to correlate sex and anxiety and um and just generally like body shame and it never got better. You know, women say like, Oh yeah, the first time I had sex, it was painful. Like it never got better. It was always, I felt like there were, there was, uh, uh, the best way I can say is like, feels like a knife going into you. Mm. Um, and, um, but this persisted into my marriage. I mean, I think my, probably in the beginning, my ex and I had some sex that wasn't so painful, but it quickly got, really painful again. I had a lot of other things going on, endometriosis and pretty much anything that you could have, you know, genourinary tract happened to me. Um, And so after my second son was born, I was only 28 at the time. Um, You know, a couple of years after that, like we just stopped having sex. It was kind of my decision. We never talked about it which was part of the problem. We never talked about anything having to do with our relationship or intimacy, Mm. huge issue. Um, uh, And I just took all my sexual energy. I was a lawyer, healthcare lawyer by training. And at that time, I was probably running an organization in Washington, DC. Um, And I just took all of my energy and I just put it into my marriage and my kids and my career, I'm not sorry, my kids and my career, not my marriage. Um, and you know, life just kind of went on. And honestly, I was, I was kind of happy. I was relieved, right? Because who wants to have sex when it's painful? Mm. It was never pleasurable. I never had any orgasms. I was constantly like, if we tried to have sex, I had a UTI or a vaginal infection or whatever it was. It was just such a big drag. Mm-hmm. So it made sense for me, uh, for, for some period of time, it made sense for me. And then I assume that shifted at some point where did did you want to leave? Did your partner want to leave? Was that the reason why you were no longer 
uh, married. I assume, actually, I don't even know that. Are you still married? Yeah, no, no, we're definitely not married. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, as you know, like when you stop having sex, there's no intimacy, no kissing, no cuddling. We ended up sleeping in separate beds for 15 years. We, we lived in this beautiful apartment in New York City at the time, and we slept in separate beds for 15 years, which is, you know, insane. Sort of companions, right? Just Yeah, I mean, we were basically like, you know, we were a really good parental unit. We were a really good familial unit. We had fun with our kids. It wasn't like there was a ton of like, dissent and fighting but it's like there was no there was no connection mm-hmm. you know there was there was no love and there was just we couldn't talk of anything about our relationship but we could talk about our kids forever and ever um but yeah i mean you know at at some point like i actually i had a spiritual awakening i, I started going to this unity church mm-hmm. um and that started to help me like connect with like my desires i didn't even know i had desires and um, and it made me realize like I needed to get out of the marriage. Like that was just clear. And then there was also something, even though I was so sexually shut down, I just like, I knew that I had to like, there was a desire to do something with the sexuality. So, you know, ultimately we did separate when I was um, just had turned 50 mm-hmm. and um yeah, and then I found myself like single in New York City, 50 years old, wanting, yeah, wanting to date and, you know, have fun, find another relationship. And I had this issue that I couldn't have sex. <laughs> so you physically, you physically couldn't really have sex. It was I mean, very, very painful. painful. I had vaginismus. Yeah. Oh, um, wow. Okay. It wasn't diagnosed quite yet. It was never really officially diagnosed. Um, And it wasn't like the vagina was completely shut, but, you know, I could get a tampon in, like maybe a super tampon. That was it. You know, that was the most that I could ever get in. So that there's obviously, that's a huge reason to have a sexless marriage right there. If sex is painful all the time, which I'm sure our listeners out there, um, there's treatment for that. We've had, uh, you know, a a pelvic floor specialist. There's a lot of different um, resources that you can check out. Uh, for sake of also for this podcast and um, for other folks out there that perhaps aren't having painful sex, but are having sexless marriages, what are some of the other reasons that trigger these, these um, situations? And maybe not even a marriage, maybe it's a sexless relationship. Yeah. For most people, it's not necessarily painful sex. Although as you're right, like 30% of women experience pain during sex. And a lot of times we just like put up with it because that's what we think we're supposed to do, right? Um, but I think what really happens in most sexless marriages that I work with is um, first there's the kids. <laughs> and, you know, kids take up a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of touching. Um, and often that really just kills uh, a woman's sex drive. Um, and then it starts getting awkward because, oh, we haven't had sex in six months and then we haven't had sex in nine months. And like, you know, then we try to have sex and it feels really weird because like we haven't been intimate. So there's been no, that muscle hasn't actually been exercised. So that's, I think a big reason, one of the big reasons like kids change the dynamic. And if you're not really on top of that and you're not talking about it and communicating and being aware of it and planning to stay intimate, um, it's super easy for, for your sex life just to 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 devolve into nothing um i think that a lot of reasons i bet you're going to all agree with this me with this i hope you will is that like most women don't really have very good sex oh yeah this is true this is true right they don't have very good sex so if either you're having obligation sex because you feel you're supposed to do that which still a lot of my clients were told 
by their parents, by their mother, it's your duty to have sex, or um, you are not really having good sex because you're not aroused enough, which is a huge issue for most women, um, and sex only feels okay, or it feels uncomfortable, like who wants to do it? It ends up going at the bottom of your to-do list, right? And we end up putting up with a lot of different excuses and reasons why we don't want to have sex. Mm. I think another reason, and this is a very big reason, is that there's um, there are relation there are issues in the relationship. Yeah, very often a sexless marriage is really just a symptom of the fact that there are really serious problems in the relationship. There's no communication, there's no intimacy, there's no connection. And you know, when none of that happens, uh, we don't want to have sex for sure for most women and often also for men as well. Um, so I think those are the some of the major reasons that you know couples fall into sexless marriages. I don't think it's it's rarely intentional. And it usually happens slowly over a period of time. And all of a sudden you wake up when you're day and you're like, holy shit, I haven't had sex in six months. Mm-hmm. And I don't we even haven't had want sex to. In a year, or, yeah. And I don't even want to. And I have no desire, right? And then you have the loss of desire is a huge piece around it. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of OMG Yes before? Oh yeah. Um, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, oh, I had a client in my sex and relationship coaching practice when I, uh, I had a client who had been married they're in their thirties. They had been married for maybe five years. They wanted to have a baby and get, get pregnant, but they didn't like having sex with their husband. And the, so that, and I was like, maybe you want to work on this stuff before you go get the, have the baby. But what depends what your priorities are, of course, depends on your priorities, but it's not going to make your sex life easier. Let me tell you that. Um, but what I asked, I said, so what, when what you're not you're not liking sex you're not wanting sex you're not enjoying it what kind of sex are you having and the kind of sex they're having was the porn sex it's the thrusting it's the if you know if she's on top she's hopping up and down it's exhausting it's hitting all the wrong spots and not hitting the clitoris and i so i literally in the session was showing her you know more of i I was on the ground doing more of like a hip rocking grinding thing and Mm -hmm. and so that was she was like wait i can do that. So there's that piece that you're speaking to. Of course, you don't want to have sex. It's not hitting all the spots that your body actually likes. And then the other thing I did with her is I actually had her, she actually mentioned OMGS to me and I already knew of OMGS. So we talked about OMGS and I said, this is good homework for you um, to go try OMGS. And for those of you who have never listened to our podcast, we talk about it all the time. It's an online educational program that has these videos that are very tastefully done. And the season one is all about external pleasure. It interviews these, um, these female identified folks talking about how the, their Volvo owners, there's the pleasure they have, how the orgasms they have, how they learn to have these orgasms and the type of touch. And you get to watch this very tasteful, you know, maybe two to three minute videos that shows you these techniques. And so my client's home, was to go home, watch this, try it, and learn what her body liked. And she came back one week later and she's like, holy shit. <laughs> mm. I figured out that I like this, this, this. I had no idea. So her, her mind was blown and it was so easy to do with these videos versus trying to read a book or right. it was so much easier. And reading a book, of course, is great. It's definitely great. And I think some folks are much more visual. So she just didn't mm-hmm. feel as lost. And then the next step of homework was share this with your husband, have them watch and tell them, okay, I like video number five, go watch and we can do it together or let's watch together. Mm-hmm. Um, and 
I don't know how the, the sex is. I haven't seen her in a while. I just know she has a baby now. So. Awesome. Well, something's working. Something's working. <laughs> yeah. So for our listeners, if you want to learn more about OMGS, go to omgs.com backslash shameless. Our listeners get $5 off and, and season two actually should be out as well. Mm. So um, yeah, love those points. I guess one question I want to ask you real quickly is there a diff- are you seeing more sexless marriages than sexless long-term relationships? Is there a difference like once people put the rock on the finger that that really shifts things in your whether they're together 10 years married or not? That's I uh, yeah, that's a really good it's an interesting question. I don't know if I mean, I have seen plenty of couples who are not married who are in sexless long-term relationships. Mm-hmm. They just chose not to get married, but they feel like they're married. Um, so I don't know if the rock, <laughs> if you will, like if the legal contract actually has an impact, I think it's the long-term component of it that is really um is you know, is, is the common denominator between the two of them. Um, I think, you know, I mean, there's a lot of reasons that people are get bored in long-term relationships. First of all, most of the time sex is just super boring. Yeah. And, you know, like people are not creative and don't even have the education to know, you know, what else might be possible or available. And I think there was just a research study that came out. I don't know if you guys saw it, I don't know, it's like over the summer, a couple of months ago, that said that um, in, sexual, in sexual relationships, women get bored a lot easier than men. So men can do the same thing and have vanilla sex and they're perfectly happy. It makes perfect sense to me, right? But women are, the, are the, actually the, the gender that um, needs to have more stimulation. They have to do different things, more variety. Yeah. Uh, and I hear that complaint all the time from my female clients, how bored they are, mm-hmm. right? How uninteresting sex is. Yeah. Yeah. We, I remember us talk, we talked about that with Wednesday Martin. She was talking about that, that study and, you know, that women are deemed as these, they want the monogamous white picket fence, one man forever. And here we're finding that they're actually getting bored earlier than the, um, than the men are in those long-term yeah. relationships. The men are, are a little more content with just having decent sex, you know, once a week. And the women are a little more like, um, so about that missionary decent sex that we have every Tuesday. Right. I want great sex. I want deep connection. I want variety. And uh, and I, if I don't get it, then I might go a little stir crazy. And that's the thing. What what do you do? And maybe you, Jeanne, have a good um, some good advice. So it, you have one partner in the relationship that wants sex all the time, or minimally, or however, and the other doesn't. Uh, what do you What do you think that these couples? Um, what are they to do? Well, I mean, this is one of the biggest issues, right? Because the person with low, the lowest desire has the most power in the relationship. They get to actually control when they have sex. So, you know, for me, like if I was working with them, first of all, I'd want to understand why is your desire so low? What's actually going on? You know, nine times out of 10, it's like they're not getting what they want, right? Their desire is low. I was just working with a couple last night, actually. And they haven't had sex in, I don't know, two or three years. And I finally got, I, I worked with him alone individually. I'm like, okay, what's actually going on here? Mm. You know, what is it that you actually want? Well, you know, I, I, there's something that I actually want that my, I'm afraid to tell my partner about. It was mm. not a big deal, right? But do you know what I'm saying? I'm like, well, of course sex is boring for you. You're never getting what you want. Mm. That's, a big, that's a big reason why, you know, there is a low desire partner to start with. Um, and typically, I mean, you know, broad generalization here, but in my experience with my, my clients, most of the times it's the women, Mm -hmm. 
who have the low desire occasionally, I mean, maybe like one out of 20, you know, a couple will come in and it's actually the uh, woman who really is horny and it's a man who doesn't want to have sex. Mm -hmm. But even then there's like, okay, what's actually really, you know, what's actually really going, going on. So I think that's the first thing is like diagnosing it, what's actually happening. Um, and then, you know, the second part of it is like, you know, sometimes just having sex in a different room of the house <laughs> can make it more interesting. Right? Breaking up the monotony. Breaking up the monotony. Let's have sex on the bed. Let's have sex on the floor. Let's have sex in the bathroom, right? Like let's have sex in our hot tub. Like, you know, sometimes you don't have to be like, the word that I say is, is creative and curious, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, I encourage couples to be incredibly curious. Like, how do we do something different? You know, the um, Paul, what's his name's book? Paul Joe, Joe Anita's book, The Guide to Getting It On, right? Like 500 different sexual things that you can do. There's other other things, but I think that's like a good like source book. Um, so getting really curious and, and mixing it up and um, not doing the same thing, you know, all the time. And also like, I guess I should call it the three C's. Curious communication and what was the other thing I said? I can't remember. But, uh, you know, like also communicating, talking about like what's going on. Like, let's have a check in about our sex life. Are, 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 are we both having a good time? Are we not having a good time? Is there something we want to try? Do we want to like bring somebody else into the relationship? Do we want to try a threesome? Right. Like, there's all so many opportunities and ways in which you can experience. Um, you know, sex and long-term relationships and people just get really like, just like complacent. we go to the same restaurant, we get complacent, right? Yeah. Exactly. That could be another C. Uh, another one to see. Don't <laughs> I'm do building, that. I'm building the class. <laughs> yeah. Complacent. <laughs> and I think that we, we've talked about this before. Even if you've been in a relationship for 20 years, that doesn't mean that you're psychic to your partner's needs or exactly what they want in the bedroom. And the only way that you're going to be able to communicate those things to your partner is by actually saying those things. And if you're uncomfortable with that, figure it out with yourself, practice within yourself, and then talk about it. Otherwise, there's there's nowhere to go but into this kind of sexless marriage situation, which brings me to a really great point. So let's say, okay, you're in a relationship and it feels good. And then you're, you realize it's been three months, maybe since you've had sex, or maybe it's been six months. So I don't know, what are, what are, I guess, um, if you, what are, what are the indicators that a relationship could be headed towards this sexless, this sexless way? And are there preventative measures that can be taken? Um, I mean, obviously everyone's different with their amount of, of needs with, with sex, but I'm just curious. I mean, I think the first thing that I begin to look at, and I always ask couples this, like, okay, so you're not having sex. Are you still having intimacy? Right. Are you still kissing? So many people don't kiss. Right. And that's one of the saddest things. But I see that in long term relationships all the time. Like I I will actually have a couple do a makeout session where I have to kind of teach them how to have a makeout, you know, because they've forgotten how to do that. And we know that women actually need deep kissing in order to reach orgasm. It's one of the trifectas. Um, so, you know, what else is that? Those are the signs that start to happen. Are we not kissing anymore? Are we not cuddling anymore? Are we not touching anymore? Like that's how it usually starts. It usually starts with a lack of intimacy. Things just start to feel more distant between each other. And then the sex stops happening. That's typically the, you know, typically what happens. 
in terms of like, how do you prevent it from happening? How, or, or when it, you start to see it happening, I think it's all about like communication, right? I mean, one piece is communication, like realizing it's happening. And the second piece is, you know, and this I think is really important in long-term relationships is you've got to put it on the calendar. Like you've got to have a sex date on the calendar, not like a, we go to the movies and have a dinner and come home at 11 o'clock. That's not a sex that's date. Not, yeah. It's not a sex date, right? That's, that's, a, that's a date night before dinner, right? That's a date night, yeah. but you need to have a sex date and you need to put it on the calendar so that it maintains, because it's a statement you're saying to each other, this is a priority in our life. And it's so important. We're going to put it on the calendar. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then it maintains be staying a priority. And I think the couples that have the best relationships really make sex a priority and they do things like put it on the calendar and they get a babysitter and go get a hotel room for the night if they don't have, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) in-laws or grandparents Mm -hmm. who can come and take care of the kids, right? And really make it a priority. What would your advice be to the the you know sexless marriage? I'm just going to gender it. Say there's a you know woman that feels like or no, I'll switch roles. I'll switch it up. Actually, I'm gonna switch roles. A man who is in there and it's a heterosexual relationship, and he has very low desire, low libido. Actually, we've had sex questions from these people. You know, I I you know I don't really need a lot of sex. I'm fine not having sex. My partner wants more sex. This is actually we had this from a, a straight man, and they were worried about their partner leaving them. Would your advice, I hear what you're saying is what's really going on there. Do you ever really see that it's just hormones? You know, yeah, you just have low testosterone. You just have. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whenever somebody comes to me with a low desire, Mm -hmm. um, I always like female or male. It's like, okay, have you had your hormones tested? Like, let's really, you know, let's first take a look at that and see is there is there low testosterone? Mm -hmm. What's happening with your estrogen levels as well, especially for, you know, perimenopausal and menopausal women. I mean, there is definitely, you know, their hormones can definitely wreck wreak havoc. They can. That's definitely something that you want to be aware of. Is there the first we always look at, is there a physiological basis? Yeah. And if there's not a physiological basis, then there's an, a psychological, emotional basis that we actually have to, you know, address. But you know, I think another option is and you know is to say like, okay, I have a low desire partner, their testosterone is totally fine. They seem to be happy being more in the friend zone and you know everything is going well in the relationship, you know but I really want to go have sex. So what am I going to do? Well, you know, you have a conversation about it and you say like, you know, let's have a conversation or a discussion about me being able to get my needs met outside of the marriage in a way that, you know, feels safe for both of us. And, you know, I bring this up to couples all the time. Sometimes they look at me like I'm absolutely gone apeshit crazy. (laughs) (laughs) How dare you? Most of the time. Right. But I'm like, Hey, you know, like just keep that as a possibility. Right. Because otherwise what might happen is that your wife is going to go have an affair. Mm -hmm. So it may happen either way. It's just a matter of whether you know about it Mm -hmm. and you're on board um, or, you know, it happens behind your back, right? Like there's, there's only so many options. Mm-hmm. As Celeste and Danielle would say, there's like four options, right? That can the menu, you're eating off the kitty menu. Yeah. Exactly. Get off the kitty menu. Exactly. And so then I guess, I guess it, it kind of, um, 
aligning with that too. And so say an example of that, there's someone who still has low desire. So they're, you know, they say, I'm fine having sex once a week. The other person has really high desire. They want sex every day. Um, We talked about this on our podcast and I'm going to throw this out that I'm sure that you uh, see if there's anything else you want to elaborate on. But um, what, uh, what we share often is like a meeting of each other, right? If you're not going to open the relationship up to have have needs met elsewhere, or you're not going to break up, there's also a way that we can meet each other to, um, so you're one day a week and I'm seven days a week. Okay, let's meet in the middle, three days a week, four days a week. And what does sex mean? Is it just penetration? Is it, you know, is it dry humping? I don't wonder if you have anything else you want to elaborate with that on kind of um, how, if people do want to stay in a monogamous relationship, the ways that they can work with that. Yeah, no, I think that's super important. Like the definition of sex needs to be much, much, much broader, right? And that takes a lot of lot of pressure off. Um, very often, I think women don't want to always have penetration, and they're like afraid if they do naked cuddling with their partner that you know they're just going to feel her his heart on, and you know I'm going to have to have sex, and I don't actually want to have pen- penetrative sex, right? Because I'm probably not aroused if I'm just naked cuddling. <laughs> There has to be, um, you know, you negotiate, right? You negotiate, you define what what was, would make you feel happy. You know, maybe it's like, I just want you to, um, I'm going to masturbate and you're going to witness my masturbation, mm-hmm. right? Maybe that will be enough to satisfy me as well. And then also like, you know, I think I think this is a really important concept. Everybody's responsible for their own arousal. Mm-hmm. Everybody's responsible for their own orgasm. You know, you know, when we give up our orgasm, when we give up our arousal to a partner, we actually disempower ourselves mm-hmm. and they disempower themselves as well. And so like, great, you're horny, you, you know, you want to have sex, like go at it, you know, have your, you know, use your vibrator. Here's a great dildo, you know, <laughs> right? There's a lot of other ways in which you can satisfy yourself mm-hmm. um, and that it shouldn't put all of the pressure on the other person. And that's, we're doing this 30-day self-pleasure campaign in, it's it's May, May is Masturbation Month. And that's a great segue to talk about that because people, they don't know what they want. Just as Amy was talking about with her client and you've seen with your clients, sometimes you don't know what you want unless you try to figure it out on your own. And then learning how to communicate those things is the next way to go. Uh, And for me, I, I was only able to actually orgasm through self-pleasure. I had to learn how to actually orgasm with a partner. So I've never, I'm a little bit different in the sense that uh, I, I almost get stage fright when I'm in the midst of an intimate moment or, or being touched or um, I, I, I focus on the expectations of what I should be doing or, oh, I, you know, from porn and all sorts of terrible educative tools that I, should, I shouldn't have used as educative tools back in the day. Now I'm, you know, learning. It only took me 35 years uh, or more at this point, but um I would love to hear any final tips or just, you know, some of those juicy ingredients for keeping that fire burning. Cause we get that so much, that question from folks so much. And, and obviously people, not only in marriages, but anyone in a long-term relationship of any sort, they're going to want to know how to keep it burning with children, without children. So can you share with our listeners? Some, yeah. Some I things? mean, I think one of the ways to keep the fire burning is, and it's especially important in the the male female dynamic right because we know that like touch a man's penis he's hard he's ready to go right but women are not like that 
And so um, one of the most important things is basically to, like I, I talk about it, like keep the pot simmering. Mm. <laughs> keep the pot simmering so we don't have to go from cold to boil we can go from like warm to boil it takes a lot less time and ways to keep that pot simmering are um flirting with each other you know sending sexy texts to each other um you know i often will suggest to my couples like yeah you know just walk by her and give her a little bite on the neck that's it you know, just like a reminder of like, hey, you're hot and I just want to show you a little bit of affection, but you know, I mean, you're not going to get what you want, mm-hmm. right? So we want to really build up the sexual tension. And you can do that over a whole week period of time, knowing that you have a date on Saturday night, you know, keeps the pot burning, keeps the, I'm sorry, keeps the water simmering. And that also often will, will mean that it's easier to have spontaneous sex because of the pot simmering, then she's going to be more aroused and can more easily have a quickie without having to go through, in my opinion, a 30 to 45 minute, you know, foreplay situation. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, I think, one of the, one of my, the best tips that I have in for long-term relationships. Yeah. Simmer, let it simmer. It's true. It's like let staying it at, a, at an eight instead of being at a 10, right? You don't want it to boil over. Keep right. Simmering. I like that. Having your own uh, erotic self-care practice would be a part of that is, you know, not just relying on your partner to to keep you simmering, right? To keep yourself simmering through your own practices that keep you connected to your eroticism and your body. And I can speak for my, myself and I know a number of people that when they have some sort of trauma, even if it's not sexual trauma, they have a trauma in life or they're grieving, maybe someone dies in, uh, in their life and um, their sexuality leaves for a little while because, totally. because of course, you're, all your energy is going to this other area of, of grieving or pain or sadness or trauma. And, um, and so maybe in those moments, it's not available, but then there's the rebuilding part of creating practices to, to now I'm like, now I don't even have a fire. I don't even have a pilot light, right? I don't even have a little fire built at all. Now I have to completely relight the fire and then get it simmering. And, and it's, so I get what you're saying. And um, yeah, yeah. I, I want to encourage people to, um, to, I think there's a really important piece there about keep creating your own practices and, and not holding someone else to keep you simmering all the time. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Fantastic. How can, so how can people work with you? I know that you were we seen you online, so I assume you work online. Can you share again about your book, how people can work with you, how they can find you? Sure, sure. Um, so uh, my, my website is powerofpleasure.com. Uh, I work um, primarily on Zoom. I do some in-person work in San Francisco area. And um, I also have a women's um, online group coaching program, which is currently called the Empowered Women's Guide to Orgasmic Bliss is going to be changed into a new name around, I can't remember what I came up with, but a a new name about rekindling attraction or desire. That's what it is. Um, And uh, teach workshops throughout the Bay Area as well. My book is called Living an Orgasmic Life, Heal Yourself and Awaken Your Pleasure. Mm. Um, The first part of it focuses on healing our issues with sex, especially around trauma. Um, And the second part is like, how do you awaken your pleasure and have better, more connected, more juicy sex? And you can find that on Amazon and Barnes and Noble. um, And in a lot of sex, most of the sex stores are actually carrying the book. Yay. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing your wonderful info and guidance. I would love to have you back. I'd love 
I love me a good speaker. Well, this is a topic that could really go on for a long time. And I'm sure, I mean, depending on um, your level of expertise, you even have more that you could share for for helping up spice up that sexless marriages. But buying the book is probably the, the best idea instant gratification i loved meeting you though thank you and uh i hope to see you soon if you're in santa cruz call us (laughs) i will thanks for inviting me this is super fun beach vacation calls your name i grab now everyone's like wait can i come too yeah (laughs) (laughs) um all right everyone but before we end you know we usually end with april being like ciao for now but we're not doing that right now because this is i think our last week of sharing a pilot episode that's not true it's not pilot it's a trailer of podcasts that we love other sex related podcasts. This one is awesome. I actually listened to two episodes the other day as I was driving. It's called Sex Talk with My Mom with Cam and his mom. They're from the Midwest. I think he's a comedian, right? He's a stand up comedian. He's a mime, a professional clown, and he has a, a podcast called Sex Talk with My Mom and him and his mom talk about sex. It's a really great podcast. And I listened there. I was driving. I was cracking up while driving. Like it was, it was that good where I'm just like laughing to myself. It was, it was really good. I, I highly suggest it. So go check out Sex Talk with my mom. It's on all the podcast apps. And here is a trailer for you. And if you fall in love with them, please still listen to us. We love you too. <laughs> Enjoy. It's uncomfortable to talk about sex, but sometimes it's important to get uncomfortable. Sex Talk with My Mom is the best mom-son podcast about sex. It is the only one as well. My mother is a cougar. My son is a clown. In a nutshell, my dad died. So my mother decided to create a YouTube channel all about sex, like all mothers do. And then my son decides to use my material in his stand-up comedy routines. And thus, Sex Talk with My Mom was born. Each week we interview comedians. She starts sucking my dick. And I'm like, whoa, I guess pornos are real (laughs) we also talk to sex experts i could bottom in a really dominant way i could be like bitch pick up that flogger and hit me with it now and we also talk to our ex-lovers i was not that experienced with fingering so we start that experience i wasn't that experienced i I, i'm picking up from like what i've seen on porn which is hovering he was hoverboarding it we've been featured in esquire magazine on the today show at second city in chicago subscribe to sex talk with my mom Don't forget to head on over to our website at shamelesssex.com for more. And for 15% off of some of our favorite sex toys, use coupon code SHAMELESSPP in all caps at purepleasureshop.com.